And now it's time on Flame CCR to take a look behind the studio's green door to find out who is in today's chat room. Midnight, one more night without sleeping. Watching till the morning comes creeping. Green door, what's that secret you're keeping? And now, are you listening? Hello, my name is John Cheek. You're listening to Flame Radio on 1521 Medium Wave and online. And I'm delighted to say that today we find ourselves in the Inspire Coffee House in Wallasey, a great Christian place with great staff, great food, great coffees. And joining me today is very much a lady of Wallasey and a good friend of Flame Radio. It's Diane Jones. And Diane, for the sake of the listeners, can you briefly tell us a little bit about yourself? Thanks, John. It's lovely to be back here again. It's a few times now I've been on your programme, so it's always a, a privilege to be here with you. Yeah, as you've just said, I live in Wallasey, I'm in New Brighton. I'm married. We've just uh, celebrated our 15th wedding anniversary. Thank you very much. I have two grown up children, both married. One lives across the river, one lives across the sea, all the way in Australia. I have two grandsons and a third one on the way. So that's really good. I'm a massage therapist and I'm also a singer-songwriter and I, I love to express my love for God through worship. And yes, that's right, Diane is a recording artist and we have played her stuff many times on Flame Radio and we will do many more times in the future. Thank you. 
But Di, you mentioned that word massage. Massage. Now, for a lot of people, there is a bit of a stereotype surrounding massage. That massage is something erotic. That you go to houses of ill repute where ladies provide a service to men in a rather erotic fashion. Di, can you tell us the reality of massage? What actually is massage? Well, I'm glad you've mentioned that, John, because that is one of the stigmas attached to massage. But thankfully, it's becoming less so these days. It's not thought of quite like that, well, as it used to be. It's not quite the same these days. And I know certainly in other places like Australia, for instance, massage is a facility that is provided through what's similar to our Medicash where you go for treatment for dental treatment for eyesight. Massage is recognised as a health therapy for your well-being. Unfortunately, we're sort of very slow on catching up over here, I think, when it comes to massage. But I think out there you'll find there's a whole host of different therapies. Back to your original question of of what is massage. The human need to be touched is, is kind of what it's about, basically. But that touch can bring health benefits so it is different pressures that you apply through your hands that affect your body and how you respond to that can bring you as I say different benefits according to what you need. Diane you're a massage therapist yourself and a Christian can you please tell me a little bit about your clients, obviously without going into any details that might break any confidentiality, but can you tell us generally a little bit about the clients that you work with and also perhaps a little bit about their needs? Well, one of the reasons for wanting to become a massage therapist is because I'm quite a tactile person and for me it seemed an ideal way to bring through touch relief from tension, pressure and stress that is so prevalent these days as well as being able to, as you say, to pamper a person and bring them some enjoyment the way they feel about themselves. It's a lovely way of doing someone some good, whether it's physically or emotionally. And it makes me feel good knowing that I can bring that for somebody and have that ability to improve a person's well-being and make them feel a whole lot better. So we have to sort of dismiss the whole idea of this being a sexual thing because it's not. You can look at it that way if you choose to. And that's where we have to try and re-educate people with their ideas of, of what massage is about. I hope that when I'm massaging people, that it's bringing them health benefits, which I'll go into a little bit later. I do have two groups of clients, I probably would say. The normal sort of run-of-the-mill person down the street who might ring up and say, oh, I've got a you know, really knotty back, I've got a lot of tension in my shoulders, can you come and sort that out for me? Others who just want to be relaxed, maybe they can't sleep or they just want to feel that word pampered, just need a bit of a treat, can you come and make me feel nice, basically? And there's nothing erotic about that. Okay, so let's just clear that up. And then there's the other group of clients that I have that actually wouldn't ordinarily of themselves put themselves forward for a massage because they're not in a position to pay for one or sadly they think that they don't deserve to be given that kind of nice treatment to make you feel good and make you feel beautiful, make you feel pampered, make you feel nice. 
and generally speaking I've been contacted by people in charge of in this case a couple of groups of women who've had very traumatic lifestyles and experiences where they've needed something that they wouldn't think that they deserve and for me it's it's almost it is a ministry in that respect of being able to say to these people right come on let me let me just treat you make you feel good make your body feel good relieve that tension be touched in a way that they feel oh that was really nice and again nothing permissive about it nothing untoward or we've talked about before nothing like that is implied it's literally you know like if you've got a, a pet for instance and you like to stroke your cat you know you give it a little tickle or you rub its ears and that and that feels nice for the cat for your pet to be stroked but you know whether it's a horse or a dog or what have you and you feel oh you're making that animal feel better by stroking it it's that type of thing isn't it and in the same way you, you want to make that person feel important feel valued feel special so that group of people actually are in need of some of true affection Diane, without wishing to pry, would perhaps maybe some of the people in that latter category be perhaps people who may have only rarely have received that sort of affirmation in their lives, that sort of comforting touch? Maybe people who have come from very unsatisfactory upbringings where closeness and softness and warmth were often very lacking in their upbringing and maybe they have experienced very little genuine intimacy and physical comfort in their lives perhaps? Yeah, and you can get that from you know, the person down the road. You know, as you mentioned there, it might be their upbringing that can colour their thinking around massage. And somebody who's never had a massage before might be thinking, oh, what am I letting myself in for? Or they actually don't like being touched, so they wouldn't ever go near a massage therapist. For that other people group, I have worked with ladies who are street workers or who are addicts. And for me, it was a a real eye-opener hearing their stories, being told of their experiences where they have been abused, they've suffered violence, physical violence, sexual violence, sexual abuse. So it's particularly important that when you're massaging that type of client that they feel completely safe and unafraid and it doesn't replicate anything that they've experienced or known before. So that's important for me that you're giving that person something that they're going to actually relish and cherish and think, do you know what, that was that was amazing. I didn't know that you could feel that way or the human touch could be so kind and different. I hope that answers your question. It certainly does. Diane, I realise that every client is different and so therefore every therapy session for yourself will be different. But for that latter type of person that you've been alluding to here, could you perhaps tell us just a little bit about how you would go into a session with them and how you would treat them, how you would minister to them? As I mentioned earlier, this particular group of ladies wouldn't have approached me personally. Their self-help group leader has contacted me or I've been referred by another client who's commended me. So initially that person, that point of contact, that leader would have chatted over with me the circumstances of the group. 
I don't engage in any kind of conversation with the person unless they initiate the conversation. I will obviously say, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to, you know, move your hair off your neck so I don't catch your hair, if that's okay. You can sort of tell them what you're going to do so that they're not feeling uneasy. But I think generally because they're in that situation where they're in a safe place to start with, they know that it's a professional massage. They're not in an environment where they're endangered. I think they automatically know that they're going to get something that's really nice and comforting and soothing. No surprises. No, no. I mean, I've, I've given them a hug after they've got off the, the massage couch, you know, and I've just always said, all right, if I just give you a hug, because they might not have had that even, just a hug, you know. I mean, some of the ladies I've treated have not been particularly clean to look at. They might be covered in scars through self-harming or through abuse. But again, you just have to sort of acclimatise to their experience and their condition that they're in. And I think, for me, this is where God's word, you know, that Jesus has come to heal the sick. He's not come for the well, he's come for the sick. And for me, these are real needy people who don't know what it is to be touched in a, a kind way, in a gentle way, in a way that brings soothing, that makes you feel good and makes you feel special with no connotations keep saying that because you you know obviously the, the subject matter might lend itself to their ideas but this is where we've got to really turn that thinking around massage does have a lot of health benefits and in fact that you'll find a lot of hospitals and medical doctors will refer patients for massage therapy because it's a, it's a, a nicer way of treating someone say who's got depression or a low mood or it's not in a good place we'll try a bit of massage therapy it'll just lift you probably going off the, the subject slightly but it's recognized as a therapy so the people that need it most are the ones who are in that position it's not a pampering like a wedding package, you know, where you want to pamper the bride and you want to pamper the mother of the bride or what have you. That that's a different type of pampering. This is pampering in the truest sense of the word, where you are bestowing on someone a touch of, of care, a touch of affection, a kindness. That makes sense. Um, and these are the people that need it most, I think. Diane, are there occasions where you really do see physical changes in the other person where perhaps maybe for the first time they're experiencing that kind of touch and you can clearly see changes in their body for perhaps maybe the first time in years? Yes, but not necessarily just with, with that second people group, to be honest. It always makes me feel quite fulfilled when I get a reaction off someone when they've thought perhaps if they've come in with a stiff neck and they've always had this pain and they, and they can't get rid of it so I'll, I'll treat them and then they get up and they look at me and think it's gone I can't believe it wow wow I feel great and so you that reaction is like really rewarding so, so when that happens that's, that really blesses me because you know you've done something really positive for that person that you've relieved their pain their mobility's come back whatever it is so yes that definitely does happen where you can see an instant improvement 
Sometimes it will take a series of treatments if it's been like a long-standing condition that they've got or it's maybe through posture, um, sensitive, behavioural, physical thing that they're doing every day, habit, you know, like maybe slouch in front of the telly or you're sitting at the computer doing that day and you're repeating that habit. And that might not necessarily respond to a one-off treatment that would need a series of treatments. But I mean, every case is different. With the, the second group of people that I talked about, some were very oh that was so nice that was so lovely thank you so much thank you so much others were very quiet and didn't say anything so i think it just depends on that person's response and we all respond differently don't we to things we all have our own way of reacting to something so you can't account for someone's response and just pin it down to sort of a b or c but certainly there are times when if a person is more freer, if you like, and just goes with the flow type of thing, they're, they're going to receive more benefit if they're more relaxed and more at ease and more welcoming that, that special affection through touch. So it is nice when people do let you know and you, you can see, I say both people groups, you can see they've been relieved from their pain and they're totally surprised and that, that it's like it's really rewarding when that happens, you know. Diane, you mentioned just a little while ago about some of your clients have displayed on their bodies scars that might have come through self-harm or through abuse. Some of them might not have the best of personal hygiene. How do you cope with sessions like that? And as a Christian, do you take a Christ-like approach well, yeah, you've got to, haven't you? I mean, I always think of the story of the prodigal son and the father who ran to embrace his son, bearing in mind that his son didn't have time to change his clothes. Or he'd come from working with pigs. You know, when was the last time he'd had a bath or washed his feet? And the father ran and embraced him as he was. You know, and the whole picture of Jesus dying for us while we're still in our sin is your bar that you set. So these people that you are treating, if they haven't had a wash, do I say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not going to touch you? You know, how's that going to make them feel? I'm there with, you know, the couch is already set up, the screens, so I have all my oils and towels and everything. You just go ahead, you know, you just go ahead. They might not be in a position to take care of themselves properly. So the least I can do is to show them that I care. And you do that. And I think, you know, when you see the scars and stuff, you obviously are reminded of your own situation. It makes you very grateful, very thankful that, you know, you haven't gone down that road. That's not a path that you've chosen or that's been your experience. So it makes you very grateful. And you just kick into that, let me just pray for that person, you know, and quietly, not out loud. You just pray for their situation. You know, God might show you something. God might drop something in you specifically to pray over. Or you just might use your common sense or your own imagination as to what could be going on or what's needed. And as like I said earlier, the needy people are the ones, aren't they, that need the physician. So, yeah, you have to show that care. Diane, you've already started to answer my next question, which is, whilst you're providing therapy, do you pray silently or otherwise for your clients? Because after all, you are providing the laying on of hands. 
Yeah, I would say the majority of cases I do. I'll certainly prepare myself beforehand, particularly if it's a new client, and say to God, is there anything you know I need to be aware of? God, just go before me, Holy Spirit, just lead me, guide me. If there's anything specific I need to be aware of or to pray over or for this person, please let me know type of thing, you know. And there are occasions when I'm massaging a person Maybe if they've chatted a little bit. Sometimes, you know, it's a bit like when you go to the hairdressers and you know, the hairdressers, oh, are you going on holiday this year? You know, that type of thing. And if a client wants to talk, I'm quite happy for them to talk. I'll be quiet most of the time, but if the, if the client wants to talk, that's, that's great. So, you know, it helps them feel better, more relaxed or what have you. So it might be something that they've said that I pick up on and think, oh, okay. And I might just pray quietly about that or give that to God I really don't know that person in any depth at all. So it would have to be totally, you know, the leading of the Holy Spirit. I do remember one client, she chatted a little bit with me before the massage treatment. It was in her own home. And while I was massaging, I thought, oh, I'm just going to pray over those particular issues of, you know, family matters, bereavement in the family, what have you. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit saying, no, you need to say that out loud. She needs to hear. She needs to hear you. And I thought, well, that's going to be a bit odd. I'll wait till I've actually finished the treatment. So it's just a little bit more conducive that will lead into praying rather than just, you know. Um, So when I'd finished, there was something in, in the room that was sort of like a religious symbol. So that was kind of my starting point. So I used that as a sort of an inroad just to ask her, look, you know, would you mind if I just prayed for you? And she was absolutely fine about it. You know, she said, oh, yes, please, please, you know. So I, I prayed with her these certain things. And she, when I'd finished, she said, oh, that was wonderful. That was that was absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much. And even when I was leaving the house and I was putting my stuff in the car, she was shouting from the doorway, thank you for praying for me. Thank you for praying for me. So... You knew that was right, and as they say, faith is spelt risk, isn't it? And you have to go with the prompting of the Holy Spirit, and, and on this occasion, that's that's what happened. Now, I don't know the outcome of that prayer, but God knows, and God hears every prayer. And um, we have, as Christians, we have that opportunity, you know, when we go into people's homes, we're bringing something into that home, we're bringing God's hope and his love and you can convey that in touch or you can convey that in actual conversation just by your whole persona really what you're bringing into a person's home and we take the lord jesus don't we into people's homes amen to that
He's my never-ending. 
There are other types of therapy, Diane, as you know, other types of spiritualities as well, where the two come together. Can I ask your opinions on certain other practices now with regards to therapy? And, well, I've got a female barber. I go to a lady's hairdresser's to get my hair cut. And Wendy cuts my hair very well, I think. The lady before that, a lady called Katie, and I hope she's not listening to this, not because she did a bad job, but she started to get involved with Reiki healing 
which I began to get my doubts about. Uh, in terms of other types of therapies like Reiki, what are your feelings on these? Are they just acceptable? Are there any dangers? As you know, we are spiritual beings, aren't we? We are definitely spiritual beings. Being a Christian doesn't make you a spiritual being. We're all spiritual beings. We all have a spirit. We all have a soul. And that spiritual dimension, that spiritual realm within us can be accessed, can be influenced. So we have to be very careful who we allow to access our spirit person or spirit man if you like access to our human spirit comes through our thoughts which ultimately come down to our brain waves which facilitate images thought processing reasoning so we have to be careful what we open our thinking to where are we getting our influence from and i think you, you said something there you started to feel uncomfortable and i think as christians you pick up on things or you can do and this is where we need the, that gift of discernment isn't it where you can pick up on things you get a vibe or you might feel uncomfortable about something or somebody and you just think oh this something's not quite right you can't put your finger on it so to speak but there's something about about this atmosphere or this sense of what's going on here it's not quite right and i think we as christians we have to be very careful of who we go to for our treatments if we're talking about you know massage treatments or therapies of sorts our body responds to massage in two ways there's your physical effect where your your body responds whether you're working on muscles your circulatory systems respond but also your psychic Psyche responds as well, and this is where we have to be really careful. There's a psychological benefit where, you know, obviously you can f start to feel relaxed if you're having a massage treatment, if that's the type of massage you're after, where you want to feel relaxed, you want to feel at ease, you want the tension removing, etc. You have a particular type of movements with your hand, the amount of pressure that you're applying. It's, oh, like I was saying before, with when you're stroking your dog, you're not being rough and hard. You, it's sort of gentle and that the dog might start to feel oh you know unwind and go asleep or what have you um, you can see how it responds so that touch is kind of what's making that person respond to either relaxed or if you're working on knots apply a bit harder pressure Christ through faith i talked to a cat the other day and he was like man i really want to come to christ but i got to clean my life up first get my sins together I told him, I used to think that way too. I thought I had to change myself before I could come to Christ. But Christ changed me. Let me tell you my story starts like this. It's 546 in the morning, tossing and turning, chest burning. Sermons in my head keep reoccurring. Having visions in my head of a kid. Crying at the feet of the father for all the wrong things that he did. Now I'm sweating in my sheets, can't sleep. My mind keeps telling me I'm six feet deep. Don't remind me, even though I'm still alive, I can't tell. The way I'm living my life, I feel I'm going to hell. God, they telling me I should accept you, that you had to leave the world because the world left you. Reason I can't change, like a mystery to me. So I make believe there really is a heaven for a G. Even though they say you love the world so much, you shed your blood. God, I feel I'm too messed up for love. They tell me calm as I am, but I smell like smoke. My whole life's full of sin because it's all I know. The Bible told me that you died for my sins. If I believe in Christ, you save me from the end. But I'm scared to ask. Will you take me as I am? Will you take me as I am? 
crazy? Did you bleed on the cross for my sins to save me? But why would you die for me? My whole life I've been working for Satan while he fed lies to me. And now I'm hearing too much, trying to get a true touch of a love that can change me. I'm all screwed up, figure hell is what I deserve. But your word says we all fall short, so I guess we all ought to burn. Teach me, I want to learn how you can save a wretch like me before death says it's my turn. I think I finally understand, no matter my past, you still take me as I am. Saved by grace through faith. It's not works. Ain't nothing you can do. Ain't nothing I can do that could get us this great salvation that we got, man. It's only Christ. So if you feel like you gotta clean yourself up before you can come to Him, forget it. Just come to Him. He'll take you as you are, and He'll change you from the inside out. Other therapists, other massage treatments that are very spiritual in nature. So they are ones that you have to be more wary of because they're accessing your spiritual dimension within you. Now, I would say that as a Christian, I know that my relationship with God, I'm in a covenant with God, I'm in a, in a relationship with God, and I have my ear to God, if you like. Other therapists, you have to think, well, what are they, where are they getting their inspiration from? Where are they getting their influence from? You're looking at different therapists who might say their energy is from the universe or the energy that they want to transfer is the divine. And there's no mention of God here, but there's definitely a spiritual connotations. There might be an energy source, unconscious matter. And these are the things that sort of start to flag up in you know, alarm bells within your spirit because there's no mention of God as creator, God as source of hope and of life and of love. It's all very much within us to have that inner self-help. Let's just tap into this. Let's just tap into this here. We'll tap into that there. And you can be opening yourself up to something that actually is not godly at all. And say for the majority of Christians, you'll be aware that something's not quite right but if you haven't got a relationship with god then that's where it can become quite dangerous because you can just open yourself up to, to a therapist you don't know where their source is coming from what's the pathway what's at the core what's behind this where was that influence coming from what's it leading to and on the surface, you know, people might say, well, you've had this particular treatment, you're going to feel a ton better. So what's the harm? But as I said before, your soul is the bridge between your spirit and your physical world. So you're sort of defining what's your soul, what's your mind. Um, your soul is your intellect, your emotions, your recording of good and bad experiences in life, your will, you know, making decisions. So if you're allowing something that's got its origins in something that's not true and right and pure, as in Jesus saying, look, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, 
if you're allowing something to access your soul and it's not coming from God, you're on a sticky wicket, aren't you? Diane, I remember years ago getting into quite a few conversations with a work colleague down south who confided in me that he actually did spiritual healing and he would sort of tell me in secret a little bit about what he did and he claimed several successes with people's health and their healing and I challenged him I said do you actually heal people in the name of Jesus Jesus Christ of Nazareth and he went oh no no so I said well where does your power come from and he even went on to tell me about how he gets down on his knees and faces east and prays to the universe or the gods or whoever. But I said, do you heal in the name of Jesus Christ? And he said, no, quite categorically. So I realized that even if he had genuine spiritual power, that spiritual power would be the power of deception, the power of lies. Would you perhaps maybe agree with my thinking that if it's spiritual power not conducted in the name of Jesus Christ, it could be even demonic power? Yeah, because, you know, it's clear in the Bible, isn't it? If it's not from God, then... Who is it from? Who is it from? If it's not the kingdom of light, it's got to be the kingdom of darkness. There's no middle ground. There's no neutral ground with God. It's either, you know, the kingdom of light, which is his kingdom... Or it's the kingdom of darkness. So we're either influenced by God or we're not. So yes, definitely, I would say anything that, that's not got its root in God, you have to question.
Yes, the enemy, the devil, Satan, whatever you want to call him, knows how to counterfeit. I always think of Moses. You know when Moses went before Pharaoh and he threw his stick and he made it into a serpent? Well, the other guys, didn't they? They did the same thing. So yes, the enemy can do stuff like that. But God says, it's clear in his word that we're to steer clear anything, mediums, you know, spiritualist healing, that type of stuff, because it's not got its source in God. It, it, is, it is demonic. And we can cover it up. We can dress it up and say, well, because that person was healed, though, well, that's okay. But what you've done is you've not drawn them to God, have you? You've drawn them to something else that isn't God. So that in itself isn't good. You know, you're being made well in the name of something else. When clearly, you know, God tells us there's only one God. He is the way, the truth and the life. And people can be healed, but that doesn't mean the issue causing the ill health in the first place has been dealt with. You know, even Christians can be healed of conditions, but if they're in a particular habit, for instance, I'm not saying this is in all cases, but there might be a root cause why that person was ill in the first place. And so hear me, I'm not saying this is for every illness or every condition but there might be a condition where something's caused that illness to come about and Jesus said there's numerous occasions in the Bible where Jesus said you've been made well don't sin anymore you know unless the worst things come on you you know type of thing you've been healed you've been made well so there are occasions when there might be something that you Maybe it might be unforgiveness, I don't know, just using that as an example, or bitterness. And you might have gone forward for healing, God's healed you. But then because you practice almost that bitterness or that resentment or that anger or that unforgiveness, whatever it is, that in itself affects your health. That's in every case, you know, it will affect your health. So God might have healed you of something, but if you've being resentful and you stop practicing that resentment it's something you haven't let go of and you you almost like rehearse it weekly or daily in conversation with your mates or you chat with with friends over coffee and you bring that thing up again oh i remember this and it starts to affect your body again we can get a bit medical and biological (laughs) over this but your hypothalamus gland, which is in your brain, reacts and is stimulated by your thoughts. And there's lots of verses in, in Proverbs throughout the Bible. Again, going back to that as a man thinks, so he is. Good news gives a merry heart. Bad news dries up your bones. And you can look at that in a medical fashion and say that, again, what you hear, what you take on board, what you speak out, what you believe affects your health. So you have to be careful of what you're taking on board. Um, I said that earlier, didn't I? So you have to approach things in your natural, but in your spiritual. God tells us to walk in the spirit, to live by the spirit. So when you're doing that, you're going to be conscious of spiritual things. 
spiritual forces that are at work. The devil wants to access our thought life and he can influence us through our senses, through our five senses, or he can influence us through our thought processes. And this is why God's saying it's so important that we walk in the spirit, we live by the spirit, that because we are spiritual beings and if we're not tapped into God's heart, God's kingdom, then we're being accessed by the enemy and he will want to influence us in the area of anger, hatred, self-hatred, of guilt, of denial, of fear. And they're the things that empower him. And if you think about those things, they're not kingdom ways, are they? They're not kingdom attributes. And he'll want us to work with those, take notice of those. But they're actually enemies, if you like. They're our enemies <laughs> in some ways. You know, those things, those particular feelings, the enemy wants to use and that will empower him. That will empower his influence. So it's it's quite a a big area, to be honest, that we're sort of talking about now. (laughs) Well, thank you for talking about it, Diane. From my experience, the Holy Spirit will never lead us into doing anything which is contrary to God's word. If anything, the Holy Spirit will always lead us back again and again to God's word. And the teaching is there. The teaching is against some of these other practices. I mean, Jesus himself said to his disciples, when it comes to prayer, do not babble on and on like the pagans, thinking that they will be heard because they keep repeating the same things. In effect, he was saying, don't go in priest and chant because that won't do you any good. Don't be like the pagans. Be like people of the light. If somebody perhaps listening to this was receiving different types of therapy or involved in different types of spiritual practice, which they weren't quite sure about, in conclusion, Diane, what advice would you have for them? Any wise words? Hmm. I'd just say twice about what you're doing Obviously, we're living in a society which is very much dominated by all kinds of philosophies and pathways, which might seem credible and plausible, might even, as your your friend said, you know, well, I've actually healed people. But for me, the gospel, the good news is that Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. Jesus is actually called the word. So if you're seeking something, then seek God. You know, say, God, if you're real, reveal yourself to me. Don't go down the route of other pathways, other sources, other philosophies when God says, I am. And that was one of God's names, I am. You know, he is the answer. He is the only God that we need to follow. There are so many pathways out there that sort of like can appeal to almost anybody and everybody because the enemy will want that because he doesn't want us to have a relationship with God. And that, at the end of the day, that's what it's about. He doesn't want you, the listener, whoever you are, to tap into God, to start this relationship with God, to know that God loves you, to know that God thinks the world of you enough to send his only son to die on a cross for you so that you can know him. 
so that you can have a purpose in your life, that you can have an identity in God, not an identity in something that is false. The enemy is a liar. You know, he is the father of lies and he wants to lead you down the wrong road. Don't go there. Diane, finally, if anybody wanted to get in touch with you about some of these matters that you've been talking about today, or if they wanted to find out more about the sort of therapy that you provide, are there any one or two basic contact details where they could reach you at? Yeah, I have a website, which is wirralmassage.com, or you can contact me on the mobile phone number, which is 077 I have a Twitter account and a Facebook page under Wirral Massage, so you can always contact me on social medias as well. You're listening to Flame Radio. I'm delighted to say that our special guest today has been the recording artist, the therapist, the Christian, Diane Jones. Diane, thank you very much. We've closed the chat room door, but please tune in next time to Flame CCR on 1521 Medium Wave for more from Green Door Studios Chatham. Green Door! We hope you enjoyed this programme, which is under the copyright of Wirral Christian Media Limited. Details of the Flame CCR broadcasts and webcasts are on our website, www.flameradio.org. Thank you for listening. Flame.